Hello, everyone. Alan here, and welcome back to Touching Greatness, where we are exploring human potential and the mysteries of life, one question at a time. For today's conversation, I'm speaking with Andrew Lewis. On May 10th, 2012, Andrew created history by becoming the first sailor from Trinidad and Tobago to qualify for the Olympics. Andrew recovered from a near-death experience to make a comeback just in time for the Rio 2016 Olympics, and then became a three-time Olympian also competing in the 2020 Summer Olympics. He's also competed in other prestigious events like the 2011 and 2015 Pan American Games. He's been a finalist and medalist at many of the biggest world competitions, and he's recognized as amongst the best laser-class sailors in the world. Andrew is a firm believer in giving back to the community, especially the dyslexia community, knowing the challenges firsthand. He was labeled dyslexic and ADD at an early age. Through the Andrew Lewis Sailing Foundation, he teaches young students sailing and guides them in facing life's challenges. The foundation's main focus is education, sport, and overall community building. He's a role model for Trinidad and Tobago's young people and the wider world of sailing. In 2021, Andrew retired as an athlete after accepting an invitation to become the national coach for the Canadian Olympic sailing team. Andrew's ultimate goal is to master himself so he can see his fullest potential for the remainder of his time on earth. A focused, driven, and determined individual, Andrew embodies all the traits of a young professional athlete, he's a true sportsman, and an overall humanitarian. When you first meet him, you'll notice a steady, focused, piercing gaze that can seem a little intimidating until you realize it's a gaze of deep presence, genuine curiosity, and deep listening. I appreciate Andrew's thoughtfulness and his desire to give back and make the world a better place. In this episode, we talk about listening to what's calling you, living for longevity, the concept of what he calls his life diet, the difference between his journey and his job. We talk about inspiring others, seeking out discomfort as a means for growth and learning, living a life built around mentors, what a champion is, what his mentors have taught him, and how everyone has the potential for greatness. Please enjoy this conversation with the ever-giving, soulful Andrew Lewis. Andrew, I've been so looking forward to this, to being with you. I've heard so much through your work with Darren, my very good friend, about your journey. I've been following along with all with some of the things you do. And yeah, I'm excited to be here with you. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Alan, for having me and reaching out and uh, you know, seeing me as a, a valuable aspect of what you're doing and your uh, ability to create and uh, guide and looking forward to creating and um, experiencing this journey with you. Wonderful. I always like to begin with a little reading or a passage that I uh, will share with you and perhaps get your thoughts on. It might be an interesting place for us to uh, open the door to our conversation. So if you'll allow, this is a quote by uh, Linda Silverman. And she works with very talented, very gifted children 
and she's a, a performance psychologist. The quote is as follows. The pursuit of excellence is a personal journey into the higher realms of existence, a journey that enriches the self and the world through its bounty. It is the crucible that purifies the spirit. It is the manifestation of life's longing for evolution. How do you relate to this? I think the last part is very powerful. You know, it's the life lasting, lifelong evolution. Um, and I, I take to that very personally because I do see life. It's a very fast thing that happens, but at the same time, it's really, really slow once you start to um, get a good understanding of, of, of the world going by. So uh, I, I, I take it as in, you know, we have a period of time here and we are here to evolve, which means in my vocabulary, grow, learn, um, connect, uh, disconnect, um, be uh, on both sides of the spectrum to find your own pathway as each individual does their thing, also known as the evolution of the human being. Mm. So I think that's amazing. And let's dive into that a little bit more. Why don't you give us a, um, a high level view of who you are in the world and, and, and a sort of the main points of your journey so far that might be great for the listeners to bring the listeners into who i'm in the world today who i am in the world from the day i came into the world however you'd like to answer it hmm. i think it's important to put perspective on both sides um so i'll start with born in 1989 in trinidad and tobago beautiful caribbean twin island paradise um grew up in a family of uh, four um father businessman mother housewife um lived extremely community community oriented extremely far family oriented and not much outside information um from a global point of view um a lot of western world influence and a lot of extremely strong values um which um they have a lot of great stuff inside of there but also a lot of things that i was requiring um to evolve myself through and over time i had a very unique sense of my uh, i say gift and i believe one of my gifts is feeling the ability to feel when things are right when things are uncomfortable and when things are wrong and over time as i grew and grew as a, a young boy into a teenager and into a, and a young adult into who i am today i was on a pathway of always being true to what was in my opinion healthy way of living what was a unhealthy way of living and trying my best to break these 
um, family cycles that I believe I have come into. A simple one is, you know, is a, a, a lot of consumption of alcohol in the family, a lot of party in the, mm -hmm. in the friend circle of the, that I have grown up in. Um, thankfully, um, not much uh, drugs or anything around like that, but there is that hanging around everywhere you go. So really understanding um, that from a, I would say, an, a normal point of view that is, is spoken about, but even in a more unnormal point of view is our entire consumption. And throughout this journey, I came up with something called my life diet, um, everything we intake. So you have the five areas that I created, which is anything that goes into your ears, into your eyes, into your nose, into your mouth, and through your skin. Because I believe that if we uh, never saw anything in our life, if you take each one by itself and keep all the other four, um, what you have not seen, you wouldn't have um, felt. If you take away uh, all of you have heard, what you see, it would only be one aspect. And all of these inputs, whether you minus one or have them all, design the person you are today. It's what you're hearing, what you're listening to, what you're seeing, what you're eating, what you're breathing, what you're putting on your skin. It all makes us who we are today. And I have been on a journey to clean up that and make that as pure as possible. And understanding that the more fresh, uh, nature-driven, um, real, less packaging, uh, less factory, uh, less GMO as it is very commercialized nowadays, et cetera, et cetera. And that goes from music that we listen to, where is it coming from, things that we watch on TV or the places that we go to to see things. All of these things are having the complete effect on our lives. Yeah. So coming from a, a way Western world civilization, um, uh, I would say a very party mentality um, and a very... While being on an island, super green, lots of fruits and vegetables, a very, very packaged lifestyle being offered, um, very factory oriented. So my journey has been about living long and healthy um, and not putting anything in my body that is going to disrupt that and trying to break a lot of those things. So I would say, you know, that, that overall you know, is my journey, the job in which I hold today and on my whole life as an Olympic athlete has been around utilizing that to help me get closer towards Olympic medals, to help me inspire other people to uh, live a healthier life um, and understand, you know, the each person has their own uh, user manual mm -hmm. and that user manual is, is super unique to each one of us. But there are some basic theories that work for all user manuals, you know, and the life understanding your life diet consumption is pretty much aligned with everybody. Is what you consume is, is what you're gonna be, you know. Yeah, beautiful. That is where I started, and uh, kind of where I'm at right now, and I'm just really trying to, you know, fine tune it because I've made a lot of big changes. That's wonderful, man. Gosh, so much, so much in that just introduction to who you are, your journey. So beautiful. I'm wondering, first thing I'm wondering is how did sailing come into your sight? How mm -hmm. did you, there's something that was right about that to you. 
How did you feel your way into that? Um, it was a mixture of two things. One was that my family has always had a strong love uh, for the ocean. And at a um, late stage of my grandfather's life and a middle stage of my father's life, they got into um, yacht sailing for pleasure and enjoying weekend racing and, and, and fun as a social way of having a being. And eventually, um, by that time, being associated with the, the sailing club and those kind of things, the way my grandfather and father were, I was introduced at, you know, five, six years old, the Learn to Sail program, summer program. And um, I got pretty serious about it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think because I was just connecting with it really well. But it was just something majestic about, you know, having my own little boat and being on the ocean. And it's super quiet out there. And it's, it's while you're fighting one another in a race, it's just, it's just something I can't really ever explain. You just feel at one with where you are. Mm. Um, and while sometimes you're down because you lose a race, you just you want to be again. You want to be there again and do try and do it again and be better. Um, so, but I, I was, um, I have grown up a life struggling with school and dyslexia. I am dyslexic, and this uh, pathway, I believe, of sport was very important to me that I decided at a very young age that I was going to be a successful sportsman. I was going to make a way there because the academics were, were tough, mm. but the sports were easy. easy. Mm -hmm. So as normal, you kind of, you know, where you are successful, you kind of get drawn into that area of your life. So I went on that pathway and I was on that journey. And here I am as not giving up on that, you know? Yeah. And I know there have been some hardships along the way mm. through various things that you've spoken about before but uh yeah bring us into some of the things that you've really uh, i i kind of think of as defining moments mm -hmm. the choice either well either i step up and really honor a greater commitment to this or it's time to find something else to do or reorganize in some other way mm -hmm. So um, one of the very big defining moments is I was, I guess as a teenager, I felt like I was really confident in my abilities. You know, that teenage dream mentality that uh, no one could disrupt you, nothing. You know, like you have it and you're going to get it and you're going to go and you're going to go and you're going to go. And it's going to take a lot to break you. Well, coming out of uh, being a successful junior sailor um, around the world, I had, even, I, you know, said to myself while on that journey, my final destination of this sailing or my ultimate destination of this sailing was to be to the Olympic Games. And um, at 17 into 18 years old, I, you know, had been preparing for, uh, you know, two years prior to that. And, you know, I was like, no, nah, I got this, you know, this, this Olympic. <laughs> Things qualifying being there I have this like I am more than skilled enough and I have everything I need and I'm, I'm doing the things that I need to do and the confidence is just out the roof you know that it's gonna happen and I remember um, my first time getting on a plane uh, flying all the way to, to Australia 
um, which at that point in time was the most foreign land uh, you could travel to because it's like <laughs> halfway across possible. the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, get down there. And I just said, you know, you know, this is going to happen. And I went to the Olympic qualifiers and I fought and I fought and I was just so confident that it was going to happen. And even at the end where it was like almost impossible, um, I just had that belief system and it didn't work. I actually did not qualify. And for the first time in my life at um, 17, turning 18 years old, I was like, what? Like, how? Like, that's not possible. Like, yeah. I have everything I need to achieve this. And I know it. But at that stage, it broke me so bad. I was like, I'm done with this. You know, like, I, I just, I guess a lot of the voices on the external side of things were right. And I, um, you know, I pursued a little bit of school at that point in time for a year. But I was sitting in school, like, in, in the clouds, like, what am I even doing here? <laughs> yeah. Place this career path potential, like, what am I doing here? Like, what is the message inside of this? And I was trying to find it, trying to find my way. And while I was meeting many great people and learning a lot and connecting, I, I mean, it all, it all adds up now, but the, the, some of the most blurry moments of school were me thinking about sailing, me mm. thinking about how could I have done that Olympic campaign better? How mm. can I find a way to go to the Olympic Games again? And you know, you know, like I call it my one of my callings that I just had to listen to that and let those things just marinate into me and listen. Just let the thoughts go. Don't don't fight them anymore. This whole resistance is not gonna get you anywhere. What is gonna get you somewhere, whether you ever go in a boat again on sail or not, is allowing it to flow through you. Um, whereas I was feeling stuck because I was like, stop leave me alone i'm not doing that stop and if i wanted something to looking back on it if i wanted something to go away it's not about getting stuck in the thought it's a lot allowing the thought to flow through me so letting it flow through me all these amazing ideas came up mm-hmm. and i charted my way again to my second olympic campaign um, which after three years because i kind of took a year off to just find myself after yeah. that experience. Uh, I, I qualified and like that day in uh, May twenty uh, May twenty twelve, the day that happened, it was as if you know the key to the missing lock was found. Mm. That day, everything, the whole uh, like twenty years of my life, almost twenty one years of my life, everything just just slotted into place. Like when you slide a key and you see all the bumps just go. Yeah, everything just. I lay down on the grass in Germany for like three hours, staring at the universe. Like now, I understand. Now I understand. Wow. Yeah, it was that. That was probably one of the. That was one of the top three movements, moments in my life that just made very very important things come to realization yeah i'm getting goosebumps uh thank you thank you for sharing that it's a powerful moment now you mentioned that there's this gift you have this gift for feeling and feeling into what 
what's right. And it feels like in that moment, you were able to do that. And it's not an easy, it doesn't sound like it's just like, oh yeah, that feels right. Let's just go. Okay, great. Now I'm doing this. There's a lot of other stuff you have to contend with in seeking the signal from the noise. Mm. But in that moment where everything comes together and everything just makes more sense, you have your direction, you have your purpose, you have what's meaningful to you, you have this greater gift that you're expressing yourself through. It's, it's beautiful. Wow. Inspiring. How did you, are you talking with other people at this point? Walk me through that process a little bit more. I think this is something a lot of people struggle with listening to their internal guidance system. And the way I think for most people it shows up, it's like, oh no, that, that feels crazy. I'm probably crazy if I do this. And they listen to that part that's like, I'm crazy. And then they dismiss the actual desire, the actual wisdom of what's there. But as I've grown and I've, and as I work with other people, it's like that, I think I'm crazy for wanting to do this. It's almost like a compass point. So I'm wondering how you developed that sense. Like, were you taught to listen to that when you were younger? Did, did you have people, uh, mentors that you were supporting you and making the decisions? How did you sort your way through that externally? I think one thing that stands out to me is throughout my life, I designed um, in, in various ways, I guess one of them was um, seeing things that I realized have a powerful impact in the universe and that I wanted those things in my life. Um, one of them was being able to stand up in front of a crowd and speak mm. um, speak and read, you know, because reading for me is, is, is at that age impossible to stand up in front of speak and read. And the other thing was, the ability to um, be so confident that there is nothing you can't go and try to achieve or connect with, but being, uh, but never being so overconfident that, that you're going into it with so much confidence that it doesn't want to connect with you. Right. So those things really resonate. I mean, I, I remember around uh, between. 10 and 12 years old, you know, um, it was a day when we, you know, you stand up in front of the class and you read poetry, you know, it could be like uh, 30 seconds of reading possibly. And I said to myself that I know which one I'm going to read today. And I went home and I practiced it and practiced it. I had it down, but because you have had so many experiences where you can't read it and you can't articulate it. I'm in front of my class. My hand is like this shaking. My voice is shaking. Everything is shaking. And I knew that this has to evolve. So there's a way around that. And one way is just keep putting yourself in these positions because you will overcome it. Um, I remember eventually I had to make a lot of phone calls to very uh, senior businessmen, government officials, um, people who uh, could even be a potential girlfriend I wanted at, at one stage of my life. And your voice, your hand is shaking on the phone, your voice is shaking. And I knew I wanted to overcome this because if I had the ability to overcome that, it opened so many doors for me because these are the pieces that I believe that lead me to that success place. 
So it was never about not, it was never about giving up on having that. It was always about just keep chipping away at it because it will come. Mm -hmm. uh, the definition of if it will come too late doesn't exist. It will come um, throughout that journey. Whatever comes with it will just be a part of the learning process. And I used to, you know, sometimes have to like, you know, take some deep breaths before I went on the phone, write down what I was going to say to the person, think about it, um, and then try. And even uh, and now there's no one I won't talk to. There's, no, there's nothing I won't do. You know, it's just I'll just go and do it. And I, and I think at around 25 years old, I had kind of locked in those traits that there was no more, you know, that shaky voice. You know, if I want to read something, I could read it. And these are some very basics uh, that have allowed me to just have that mentality of limitlessness. Yeah. Whether, whether I'm fully succeeding at it or not, that's not anybody else's um, definition to decide. It's all mine. Yes. I know where I come from. I know where I'm, I'm, I am at and I know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And I just kept true to that, true to that. People would say, you know, you shouldn't do this. Um, try to do that. Um, Everything is a filter. Again, when someone says something to you and creates a discomfort, I don't go into the emotion. I go through the emotion. Therefore, it doesn't stick into me. I believe if we go into it, it becomes baggage versus a lesson and you have to choose which one you're going to take baggage which will stay maybe you could collect good baggage if it's something that stay. <laughs> yeah. yeah if it's a lesson you got to go you know through it that's how you grow yeah i mean there's some very important principles here it's, it's like around mastery and just leaning into discomfort leaning into the gaps of i can't do this and i'm going to figure it out that's a real growth mindset um <laughs> It reminds me, I've been taking this class on reading scientific papers, and I just never did it. I, I grew up as a musician, never had to read anything like that, but I saw, I saw this class being offered, and I was like, wow, I don't know how to do that, and I would like to be able to do it because I don't want to be scared of anything that someone writes. I want to be able to pick it up know how to approach it, know what to do. And, and, and all kinds of friends were asking me like, why are you, it's weird. Why are you doing that? Does it relate to you anything? And I said, it's simply because I don't want to be scared by any book I pick up. I don't want to be scared. I want to be able to pick up anything and have a way to understand it. And I think like what you're saying is so valuable because it is the path of, of evolution, seeing where these gaps are in knowledge and skill in being and leaning into those the uncertainty of it um to grow to learn more and it brings us back to what you think we're here to do really is, is to learn be connected disconnected and grow from from our experience of things touch on something very important about mentors and because my style of learning is social, mm -hmm. I'm a social learner to the point where, um, and this also will come from dyslexia, is I want to learn from other people, not only from literature. As a matter of fact, I want to learn uh, to a massive, more 
percentage um, from people and literature because there is literature and then there's the lesson. Um, and a, a lot of literature does have a lesson, but I want the lesson while having the literature because it engages me a lot more. Um, and I, I, I knew from the point of, of being able to pick up the phone and connect with people and write emails and um, becoming a better writer, reader, talker, I'll be able to have more mentors and more mentors. I'm mm. talking about my life has been built around mentors. Anybody who is able to, uh, I don't know how many mentors I've had. I have no clue. I've had some very, very influential ones. But my life has been about how can I pick up the phone? How can I say hi to somebody in person? How can I connect with them and allow them to share their knowledge with me? And let them feel me out so that they'll they'll be more trustworthy, uh, more encouraged. Some people have, uh, most people have no time. But most people have time for people that they feel they are more valued being around and the message is heard more. And I would always try to make sure that anybody who shared something with me, that I, I gave it a shot to a, to a sense. I, I gave back some value to what they said of me, whether it's just an extreme amount of gratitude or literally putting it into practice, you know? Mm-hmm. And I actually would like to hear your, your concept around uh, mentors because I'm really fascinated about how do people grow and what do people's mentors look like is a, a classic question I ask all the time. You don't need a mentor. Like we'll make it through this life in one way or another. Though it's super helpful and you get a little bit further, a little bit more quickly with someone supporting you. People say we can't do it alone. We can, it's just really hard and it limits us. Having mentors really helps us grow because we have some outside eyes, people who've been through it before. So I always really firmly believe that it's a, if, if you're of a growth mindset trying to evolve, a mentor is an invaluable tool. I say it's a tool because it's not a replacement for you doing your own work. One of the things I love to also say is that one of the best ways to evolve is to find a mentor or mentors and also be a mentor at the same time. In that process of learning from someone and in the process of teaching someone, you're, lear- you're learning so much, not just about information, but also about connection, about evolving, about growing, about giving and receiving. Um, and it can be tricky, I think, too, finding a good mentor who has... There's no right or wrong, but there are mentors who will just tell you what to do. Sometimes that's just needed. But for me, the finest mentors and the ones I've grown with the most have been someone who really tries to understand me as a person and not coming from their own framework. They're not trying to make a carbon copy of them. They're trying to understand my greatest gift and the essence I have to bring to the world 
and trying to amplify that and take away any of the, like what you talk about, any of the garbage that's coming in so that I can be at my greatness, so that I can express from that place, so that I can amplify that light into the world. And that's what I, that's what I try and do too. I, I really want someone to grow and evolve and at the same time, if we're working together, they get to the end and there's just not any part of my thumbprint at all on, on, on the process, on them. Uh, so those are a few preliminary thoughts I have about it. So what do you mean you say we can do it on our own? That's very interesting to me. Well, I mean, there are thousands, millions, billions of people who don't have a mentor. And they'll make it through their life somehow, one way or another. Though, it, it also just depends on what a person is trying to do with their life. Are they trying to squeeze out and amplify themselves in a way that's really truly being their greatest self-expression to the world? Are they trying to give back? Are they trying to live a purpose? If, if, if you're not, that, that's okay. Like, that, that's fine. If that's how you want life to work for you, that's perfectly fine. So what I mean is if we're not trying to, we're not deeply engaged with our own growth and our own life and our own evolution, uh, there's not really like the, this big desire to have a mentor or grow. And you'll just end up making your life you'll be, end up making it through your life in the way you make it through your life. If you're trying to evolve and grow, then I believe a mentor can help you do that in a, a little bit more efficiently. They can help point out blind spots. They can help get rid of the garbage and help you tune in to the signal. They can help you orient to what feels right for you. I think a lot of times we just end up instead of that feeling that you're talking about of what's right or where am I guided? Sometimes people have a real hard time connecting to that and it ends up being, well, how do I tolerate this discomfort instead of what is the message of this discomfort? What is this leading me towards? How, how am I, how is this a compass point to my greatest growth? There are two wildly different perspectives on a feeling or, or a guidance mechanism. You're taking me into a very uh, unique place right now. Very, very unique place. Something that's very um, uh, sensitive in a, in, a, in a way because I believe the world is lacking a lot of it. Um, and I asked that last question to you because you know i believe we are all underutilizing our fellow human beings for simple getting through life not even gonna call it success if you just want to be a general that just kind of makes their way through their time um and I really do believe that we, and as the world goes by, the more digital it gets, it's the more it gets because we could, utilize, we could reduce human necessity 
and require more on reading and, and videos and TV, etc. But when I when I guess my term for a mentor, I think that's where I'm going to start with this, is anybody who has decided that with their free time, with their experience, with their gifts, they genuinely want to share that. Um, that could be a, a grandmother who takes um, a couple hours every month to teach you to cook. Um, that could be um, you go to uh, somewhere and a guy decides that, you know, um, I'll help you and I'll show you how to do it yourself versus go over there, pay for it, and they will do it for you. Uh, I believe all these people who've come along the journey that have taught me some things that are that add value to my life have been mentors. And that's why I really have a count. Now, as I said, I have some mentors that really stand out. Yeah. So I, I think that the, the definition of mentors sometimes is scary to people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, I need to go and like find this big successful person. And like, <laughs> right. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It's really not. No. It's, it's somebody who you value um, and that shares some level of value in you. It could be just a determination to learn or it could be a similarity in loves and, and, and passions. And I, I really do believe that, you know, that's what I live for is that continuous connection and learning yeah. through other people so that my life simply can be more successful. And I say simply because it does simplify the process. They, mm-hmm. they connect with you. They want to teach you. And therefore, you have just another you know, person assisting you along your journey. It's interesting. It's interesting that the concept of mentors versus coaches versus uh, CEOs. The term of a mentor really is somebody who just authentically, in my world, authentically just wants to give you their time with nothing in return, simply handing over what they haven't taken a lot of time to, to, to learn here you go, let me make your life easier. You know, find a place for it in yours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, and I'm, I'm with you on the role of mentors. It doesn't have, if you are oriented to your learning process, if you're oriented towards a learning process and a growth orientation to your life and uh, you're oriented to evolution, then there are going to be mentors all around you. Some mm-hmm. of them won't even know <laughs> that you consider them mentors. Mm-hmm. I think you're exactly right on that. And I, I also believe, uh, like I may be contradicting myself here, but I also believe what you're talking about is, is exactly correct in that the world is getting more disconnected. At the same time, it is getting more complicated And what's really needed right now is a way for people to actually, like you're saying, feel their way through, Mm -hmm. understand that thing that is pulling them in the right direction or nudging them in the right direction, the ability to listen to their own wisdom, their Mm -hmm. own way, rather than an externalized, this is how it should be, and this is how you should be. 
well, you're the one that knows you the best if you spend the time getting to know yourself and you cannot get it wrong. You make your decisions, you make your choices, and you learn from them. You cannot mm -hmm. get it wrong. Mm -hmm. But with so many external outputs coming at us faster and faster and faster, the ability to tune into exactly what you're saying, that gift of feel is so important. And it's interesting too, I think. It's like you have this gift and then you choose to, or it chooses you, whichever way it works, but like you're, you're, the vehicle you express yourself through, one of the vehicles you express yourself through is sailing. And sailing in the laser class, I knew nothing about it until doing a little bit of research for this, but looks super physical. I mean, you are right there um, against the water, getting tossed around, trying not to <laughs> keep the boat from capsizing. And I imagine there's a, a great, like that gift you have is a great strength in, in, in sailing as well, a feel for the tiniest of ripples or the smallest of currents happening in, in catching your sail or the chop of the water, all of those kinds of things. Absolutely. It's, you know, I, I recently had this analogy that was imagining that you're in an environment where you have um, four people. One's name is wind. One's name is current. One name is waves, and the other one is boats, competitors. You have these four people and you're in a room with them, and they are they are basically unpredictable. And they are throwing things at you, and you have to avoid that emotion. They are changing on you in ways that you didn't predict, uh, and they are you're trying your best to think that you know them really well and they're never seeing, seeing the same. And you're sitting now in a group of these people, um, sometimes five days, five days a week for three hours at a time, a year after year after year, thinking that you're going to get to be perfectly aligned with them and they just don't. There's no, there's, there's, it's perfectly imperfect. <laughs> yeah. so challenging so you have these four people that you're always uh, trying to connect with um, and you are getting closer and closer to them but you realize it'll be a lifelong journey um, that the connection will never be perfect it will only ever be perfectly imperfect and you have to surrender to that to have the best relationships with them and that's what makes a true champion the person who is um, fully surrendered, fully, so that you can have the most open-minded, open-hearted experience while being around them. And the, you know, I just, I, I just love to go out there and 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 feel those connections with them and try to predict them and use my experience to, to work around them while being extremely physical and while having a very high heart rate. 
and while your ego is just right here and your pride <laughs> right here and trying to be present is right here and they're all trying to battle back and forth one another and you're trying to create again that system of flow that state of flow um with these massive dreams that are uh so far fetched from uh the country that you come from from the uh family that you you grew up in from the style of being that this the so far-fetched but at the same time yet so believing and dreaming achievable and and, and taking all those experiences and put and taking them back to land mm-hmm. where most of your interactions are in your life and allowing them to be your biggest teachers mm-hmm. not missing that message at all at all at all because it is all intertwined and the the sport of olympic sailing uh, and the boat i have spent you know 15 years working towards mastering and that i'm now sharing with um, some other new masters that i'm working with in my new field in my new pathway it simply is and while i'm now standing outside of that boat and no longer in it i'm looking at from the outside it simply is yet so majestic to see Mm. um yeah, and it's still such a, a lovely thing to be around. Yeah, it's such an interesting transition. I a lot of people I talk to in who are oriented towards mastery and who are, have a real distinct vehicle, especially in competitive fields. There just comes a point in time where it turns from all their attention is trying to reach a certain goal to wanting to give back and elevate the whole level of the sport. And it seems like you're in that right now, but as I've, I thought that was sort of like a really interesting thing. And I thought that's what this conversation might be about originally. It's like shifting from the competitor who has to be selfish in some ways. And there's a lot of attention on yourself. Although there's an entire team of support, it's all about um, what do you need to do to get from here to, to where you're trying to go. So, but then there's this moment where that turns into like, okay, I'm not gonna do that anymore. And I'm gonna give back to make the sport greater. Uh, what I've found is that hasn't really been a transition for you at all. In fact, it seems like mentorship and giving back has been integrated in your whole journey, which I find really inspiring and incredible, especially for someone who's a three-time Olympian. Like, tell me a little bit more about that because what I get about you right in that process of me discovering that is while there is this part of you that's a fierce competitor and a champion wants to accomplish these things it also feels like there's been something beyond the gold that has been the real flame so if i was to ask you mm-hmm. and this is a classic question i hope you didn't go get out get get it through one of my interviews in the past but let's see what you have sure 
if there is one thing that every human being on this planet wants that's exactly the same, what would it be? One thing. One thing. Mm. I mean, my first initial thing is love. Beautiful. So my definition of existence as a human race, because we are so intelligent, is that we all want to feel like we exist here for a reason. Every single body has a definition of what that is, but that is one and the most true sentences I have found through all my experiences. If you feel like you exist here for a reason, there is purpose. And that is because you found it through some level of passion. So if you take that, and at a young age, I was I realized that, but I didn't realize it like I, real, I understand it now. But if I learn something and someone says, oh, wow, you do that really good. And I say, well, I could show you if you want how I do it. Oh, really? Yeah, right, cool. So let, let me show you that. Well, the chain has just been cycled. Everything happened. He came, he or she came to me and I was given attention and I allowed the feedback loop to go back to them and I showed them and they grew from it. I felt great. They felt great. Purpose aligned. We both feel like we existed here for a reason in that moment. I took that philosophy throughout my whole life to continue to realize this is what keeps me. People say, how, how you know, you just, you don't stop. And the truth is I do stop. Um, I do stop when I need to, and I do start when I need to. But what does not stop is the simple belief system of that, that I am existing here for a reason. And the, the reason is very clear. It's, it's to give back everything I have learned as much as possible. I'm going to take the time out to be here with you right now, simply for that one reason. Otherwise, this has this podcast has no value to me. It this exact moment of taking that value, time is extremely valuable to me, and I do these things. It's so someone else can hear this message and realize that's how you create purpose and passion, that feedback loop, that cycle. So, you know, from the the concept of being a good national sailor between you know 12 and 15 years old, coaching at that young age, being good at football, being the captain of my team at school, leading them to success, or by leadership giving back, by helping giving back, by showing up on time, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. By you know um, being a good sibling, they see the value. It all comes back around by being a good son to my mother and father. It all comes back around by being a good athlete, being a good teammate, trying hard. It all comes around by being a good citizen of my country and of my planet. It all comes around. And I realize that more and more and more as time goes by, that if I want to achieve more and have more and connect more and love more, just keep that cycle going. Just keep doing that over and over. Someone gives you a gift. If there is a place to hand it over, do that. Um, and, you know, 99% of my success secrets I will hand over. The, the only ones I just won't yet is because I'm still trying to achieve certain things. So I'm holding it back from the potential competitors in which yeah. um, 
I, I'm still trying to win against, but it's it's all coming back around. It's all coming back around. And I think with that um, concept of coming back around, it has just brought me, uh, I, I say, infinite love and happiness. And, you know, people, and this is a funny thing that, you know, people say, you know, because I, I've survived a, 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 an accident, I should have died when I was, you know, in Rio. I, I have um, just come out of very challenging times of sailing in school and people call me a miracle or it's... Um, the favorite child and, and they put me up on a pedestal and I quickly would just say do you know the chance of you making it to this planet and it's a classic you know one in 400 billion is a chance of you making it hit you me and everyone mm. so first of all we are all miracle not me we with a big capital W when you take that, you realize, okay, cool. You, you have your own. You're your own. And if you like someone else's style or someone else's ways of being or someone else's success, it is just an encouragement for you to achieve your own similar because there's a connection. Not to say that person is up here and you're down here. Nah. No matter what, we're here. Short tall, black, white, Asian, French, wherever we come from, religion, we all hate simply human being. One race. Yeah. And, and that's your feedback loop. Without that lesson I learned, I'll be gone a long time. Yeah. It's a very abundant mindset to have and one that I'm trying to inhabit more and more uh, in that someone else's success doesn't make me any less my success doesn't make anyone else any less and i find that when i come from that place i'm able to give more and i get excited when someone has shortened the journey and rises above whatever i was able to accomplish it actually makes me happy at this point um whereas it's taken some work but before it would be like oh I wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell me, go ahead. No, I just think I can relate. That's all. Yeah. Uh, tell me about, um, I'm curious about, and I'm sort of, I'm trying to go somewhere with this, but what I want to know is what it's like, what, what it's like to walk into the Olympic opening ceremonies with your team, with all the other countries representing your country, you there taking it all in. What's that? What was that like for you? It's a, another massive realization that if I had listened to everything else, but myself, I, let me rephrase that. If I had, if thanks, thanks to my ability to listen to everyone else while listening to myself, because when people talk, I listen, whether it's good, bad, or whatever it is, I absorb. So thanks to my ability to listen to everyone else and myself and make the clearest decision, it allowed me to have 
one of the most again euphoric feelings of walking into a stadium with you know hundreds of thousands of people and you look around and you think wow there's a lot of lights when you realize those are not lights those are camera flashes every millisecond is a flash 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 those are not lights that are just set up in a stadium that's the amount of cameras that are going off billions of photos were taken that night billions simply people trying to capture a moment in time that they believe is very important to them while i am trying to capture my moment of time that i've spent my whole life trying to get to and when i walked in there very very clearly i remember the song playing um, i remember the energy the goosebumps the tears coming from my eyes a little bit at some points and saying to myself that wow like this is insane like the, the amount of feelings that come to oneself it's like a whirlwind of of everything you know you just get another replay of your life and of 21 years to realize you know you you lived to make it to here but it's not just not where you just live to make it to it's much much further beyond that but this is just another step to show you that you made it here and when i look back on it now it was more than anything a global event in my life that because i thought that I can be on the global stage in that form that through this insane belief system by a small group of people, it was able to come true. And that team that made it to the Olympics in 2012 was a team that believed nothing but that, that it was going to happen for me. Mm -hmm. Nothing. All the doubts that keep coming and again, another defining moment in time for me, you know? Yeah. Amazing. But I, I think I think what really is important to note out of this is that the, the unique thing that I don't know how come I was so fortunate to find this, but the the, the coach that I had that taught me to race at a junior level, the vision of that him along with my dad had um, what a powerful moment for someone to be instilling something into you at 13 years old at a kitchen table looking at the 2004 Olympic Games in Athens to seeing one person saying the coach saying well you could do that too you have you, at this age you have the skill if you want to you your talent and your skill and your work ethic can get you there and you're like me yeah you no no i know i know what a champion looks like and, and skill looks like in this field yeah you so yeah my father they're listening to it and he's like what okay that was it 
that that defined that defined the Olympic dream immediately. While at one point it was like, wow, that'd be really cool. That's like another realm. And then all of a sudden it comes to, yeah, you could be part of that realm. Okay, really, let's go. Yeah. That was it. That was the born of the that the Olympic dream was born that day. Gosh. That's it. So incredible. And it comes back to something that I want to highlight about mentorship. Yeah. Having someone that truly believes in you is a real gift. Yeah. Someone yeah. who's able to create expansive possibility for your life to live into. That is incredible. And I think, you know, I have to make mention to him because his name is Fernando Alegre. He's a Peruvian guy. And, you know, what he brought into my life was, um, I'm going to call it the rebel mentality. Hmm. Rebel mentality is simply all these different facts, all these different ways um, are common. And he will make a statement or comment off of his readings and teachings and I will make you think yourself, oh, wow, so many people think that, but you think this? Yeah. So where, what is the truth? And he never made you feel like either one was right or wrong. He always left you like... Sitting in the discomfort of the between. So he made you feel un- exactly, he made yeah. you feel uncomfortable all the time because you knew one channel. Okay, cool, this is what you know, you know? And then all of a sudden there's this. And it's like, wow. Yeah. You know? And and he at a young age, a young, yeah. young age, I was always fascinated by this guy. We're still best friends. Amazing, you know. Uh, he's still a mentor to me, a coach, a best friend. And he 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 he's the one who shared the dream with me at that dinner table. He, him and my dad are the ones who founded some of the most amazing things to do with sailing in the country and, and produced some of the best results ever. And I was just a lucky person to be a product of one of those things um, that got to define my own label, thankfully. Oh, gosh, so beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and another, you know, unique, you know, I, I don't know if now is the right time I'm going to bring it, was, was, you know, the person who brought us together here, Darren Fafa. Yeah. You know, I don't even know what to call Darren. Um, but you know, simply the, the thing that we used was um, he was a, a champion creator, mm-hmm. and he helped me understand the art form of creating. He helped me embody championism, and it was so funny because I have always been one to have mentors i've always been one to be around a system that is low funded um and you know when darren you know the funny thing is darren i met at a wedding and he's like you know i saw it work oh wow And I, I like it, you know, if you, if you ever need anything, let me know. And I have these people come with me all the time, like, you love my work. Um, please, you know, take my number if you ever need volunteer, et cetera. 
not Dara, was simply one of those. And one day on, I think, Facebook, he sent me this video. And it was during the pandemic. And I was like, we had some time on my hands there where I was um, just relaxing after a long day of training. And I opened the video and I was, I was like, you know, so majestically, the video doesn't even exist on YouTube anymore. It was, it's, it was taken down, but simply it was a story about this guy and his, the, the in-person introduced him, spent five minutes telling us how this content being shared cannot be filmed, recorded. Um, please don't share this with everybody. And I was like, what are we going to hear? And it was simply a guy who spoke about his ability to be a, a coach, mm-hmm. a coach to many um, in their lives around becoming the best version of themselves, mastering themselves. And I looked at his video. It was a two-hour-long YouTube video. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he caught me with this. And I, the whole story, I was like, and one of the people he, he spoke about was an athlete, an NFL footballer. And the impact that he had on that guy by being so embodying into what the guy was saying. The guy would have shared with him his weaknesses and where he needs to strengthen. And in that experience that he had with him, the this guy who simply did not know anything about football, all he knew about was helping a human being structure their thoughts feelings and overall way of being so that whatever pathway they seek in life they can have that and the classic term that's thrown around nowadays is a life coach um and many versions of that is somebody somebody you bring into your life that you hire to help you um find more balance and the uh, words words could just keep going about these people help you do but what was so cool about darren and i's work is Darren, every single day, showed up excited to create with me. Every single day. We we met almost for a full day once a week. You know, I probably missed three sessions in total. Every week. And it was phenomenal what we did. There was nothing I could not speak to him about. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. I'm talking about things that I never thought I would share and people who affect me in certain ways and what I really wanted to achieve. And my main focus was about what was holding me back from achieving Olympic success. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like if I had that at an earlier stage, you know, when Darren and I met, I only had like, you know, a year and two months before the Olympic Games. It was most of the time it was locked down and pandemic and stuff. Oh, here. Yeah, you couldn't really use. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go outside and do it right now because the ocean is banned. Can't go on the ocean. Oh, for months. You're like, okay, cool. And um, I'm going to find, I have to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym. The gym is closed. You have to make your own home gym. And it was, we, we never stopped working. We never stopped doing yeah. and, you know, A lot of the work I also worked on is visualization. Yes. You know, you can sit down and, and do a full um day of training just by lying down in your bed and, and really sharpen a lot of tools so that work is something i have actually put on many people to darren because you need somebody who can give you 
the ultimate ear. The ultimate ear, someone who could just listen to you and not necessarily tell you the solution. And you touched on this a little bit earlier, but allow you to tell him the solution. Yeah, yeah. By him asking you questions. Yeah. Um, and I guess a lot of the a lot of the work was just releasing things that were stuck and 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 finding channels to create more yeah. fluidity. We always spoke about flow, state of flow was mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. always creating a state of flow and i think that you know you yourself are on that pathway also um and i have no idea what you want to call your term of 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 uh of helping people with but whatever it is i know your simple dream and vision is the same creating more flow in people's lives unlocking more human potential for those who want absolutely human beings to flourish you know i used to say grow so we can glow I love it. Absolutely. Like shine your light, grow yeah. so the, your light can be brighter. Yeah. 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 yeah so just um, to pull people in, Darren uh, Farfun is a uh, great friend of mine, great friend of Andrew's. Andrew's done extensive work with him leading up to the Olympic Games. Darren's helped me through a lot of challenges I've had. Uh, he's a champion, four champions and a king of kings, and one of the most loving people I know, uh, incredible human being, has actually made this possible as well, this conversation. And let's talk about being a champion. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I asked about what it's like to walk into the Olympic opening ceremonies is because like you are so connected to something greater than you, Mm. your purpose. I feel your purpose when I'm around you and the vehicle of it is sailing. That's how you've grown a platform. That's how you express yourself. But there's also a love, a very deep love for your country, a very deep love for humans and humanity a deep love for your community, your family, a deep love for your sport. So maybe the, uh, let's touch on what it means to be a champion for, for these things um, and how you relate to giving back to say your countries, your community, how your purpose there. Lovely. So I'll start by saying, um, no one owns us and we own no one. And I say that because as an athlete, sometimes you feel so much pressure from country because you feel like you owe them something. In that state, they own you. As a husband to my lovely wife, when there are challenging times and you feel obliged to do something that is not part of what you are trying to achieve, you sometimes feel owned by that person. 
I remember telling my wife when she was pregnant, I said, I believe that this child coming into being is not ours. And I know that was very, she, I she was kind of, you know, taken back in a way, but I said, let me explain. <laughs> yeah. We are the facilitator of this human being. From the day we think that we own her, it's the day we're not being the best parents we can be. We are here to guide her. We are here to love her and do that as best as we can. We own no one and no one owns us. So when I was in my best, it's because even when I was down, I felt love from my country, not ownership. When I was having tough moments in relationships that really value to me, I was in my best when I learned from it, not felt owned by it. And coming into this new role of mine over the last year of becoming a um, coach that's taken a team to the Olympic Games, there was some big shifts happening that I felt again this feeling coming back up and I had to release this untrue feeling that was 100% self-created that I don't own anyone and no one owns me. Therefore, don't feel like this, Andrew. Let it go. It's not true. I know you want to succeed and there's a lot of self-created pressure and desire that's so strong out of my willingness to find new ways to have success. I keep reminding myself that I am free, fully free to fly high and flow wherever I want. And this one allows me to be the most loving person for family, to be a champion for country, for everything that I do. And you, 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 know, you touched on it earlier that as an athlete, you are served consistently from country, from coaches, from nutritionists, physios physiotherapists, all the attention is put towards you from family to helps assist you to be the best. But as a coach, you switch from be from athlete served to serving. So I had to flip that from day one and remind myself, Andrew, you are here to serve. Provide the best service you can. And in that place of finding a comfortable way of serving, of loving and being the best version I can be in this new role, I felt owned. And I had to transition through that, realize that no one is actually trying to own me. I am creating a lot of those things because I, I want to show up so professional. So uh, it's like you want to um, earn a place that's already there. You, you know, you hired for a reason, you will earn that place. So in order to reach closer to the stars, reduce, release that. And that's what I found really interesting when it comes to being a champion, being a champion for everyone around you is when these feelings come to you, it's the ability to release them. And the longer it takes 
the faster you can release them is the most loving, truest self of your being you can be. And we see people go through many transitions in their life and they become very outspoken, very aggressive. Um, they turn to external um, substances to, to, to tame. These are because this feeling that comes to upon them, they are not being champions of themselves and releasing it. And this is where you have a lot, a lot of, 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 of negativity and sadness and anger and anxiety being produced in this world and stress as it, as it, as it most knownly, most commonly known today. So for me, what I have learned is that to be a true champion to everyone and anyone is to be the most loving person I can be. And I say that especially from a male figure because at least where I come from, you know, I kiss my father on his cheek every time I see him. Hello. Mm. Uncommon. Male to male. I hug my male friends when I see them. Uncommon. I send hearts in my WhatsApp chat to male figures. Uncommon. With no fear. With no resistance. Simply what was an uncomfortable feeling at one stage was real. And me being me, and I've transitioned to it's now the norm. They know that when they see me, I'm going to hug them. <laughs> Whether we have a weird kind of uh, connection. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm coming in here with love. Yeah. And this is what a true champion is to me, is that releasing this state of being of love 24-7 while being able to never... You know, I call it like the lion mentality. A lion is always waiting there as a champion. And he will not move until it is necessary to execute with love. And it may be going out there to get food. And things will be aggressive. Things re that require survival in a place that if you don't understand why things like ego and pride and uh, adrenaline are put into your chemical system, it is a state of protection. Mm -hmm. It is a survival mechanism. And, and, and staying with the lion, which is one of the, the king of the jungle, All right. it's about living that loving, strong, passionate lifestyle as long as possible. And from my understanding, a lion will die within its last few days of living. It will eventually just stop it will not die a low, long, slow life. It will live flat out, 100% king of the jungle and stop suddenly. Wow. It has found its potential yeah. to maximize it throughout however many days, weeks, years it is given to be here. Every it, moment. It has a very strong role in my life as a true champion also. So I think that's what a champion lifestyle is to me. That's what a champion being is. It is releasing anything that allows you to love. Yeah. 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 It plays such an important role in everything you do. And I love this, how you're talking mm -hmm. about it. It's not about, there is one version of it that's about winning or losing or collecting medals, but it's so much grander and so much more majestic version of what a champion is 
it's all encompassing and infinite. And I love that part of it. Beautiful. And you know what is important is because, and it's very, very, I'm not sure how much time you have left, but if this was my, my one of my last messages, I want this to be very clear. Is that sometimes people think that in the early stages or in the late stages of success, whenever it is, a lot of the things that I might have shared here today are beyond their ability to achieve, too hard to get. Andrew doesn't make mistakes. He's perfect. Um, and, and the classic word is uh, the miracle, etc. Mm. I think what is very important mm -hmm. is that people must know I make a lot of mistakes. A lot of the things that I have expressed here to you, I am still in the art form of being, for example, I've, I've taken the vegan pathway. And for the last five years, I'm trying to become more and more of a vegan. But every now and then, I, I'll eat a piece of cheese or maybe a little dessert. And that's it. But I know at some point I'm going to be 100% vegan. That's, that's the goal of where I'm going. Um, another very you know unique thing is I very rarely lose control of my organism and speak out loudly and once or twice every now and then it happens it's because I reached that point and I broke mm -hmm. and it happened um, I am human and for anybody listening to this thinking that it is too far-fetched for them to achieve their levels of self-mastery whether it is they want to have something similar to what we've spoken about here today or to go way beyond or to have whatever they want. We all will make mistakes, but owning those mistakes and living, living them with, with love and knowing that it was there for a reason. And I'm talking about, I'm sitting out here with no Olympic medals, with all these big dreams. I'm sitting out here with many dreams of world championship medals and many dreams of, of, of assets that I wish I owned and, and many things I would have liked to have happened in my life. Many, many, many. But none of them that haven't happened as yet have not taught me. And none of them that have happened already haven't taught me. Everything is teaching me and everything I continuously remind myself while sitting in this chair here in France, away from my family, uh, sacrificing my time to be with this squad of Canadians, making the best versions of themselves. I am human like all of you are. You are a human too. So as you continue to be human, not a robot, <laughs> as you continue to be human, you will make mistakes. But whatever it is, the, and I talk about it from a state of being, Whatever it is, it is achievable. The, uh, the external factors that come with that, that, is a, that takes time. That's a different story. What's for you will be for you. But the state of being in which you dream of and wish to be, it is 100% achievable, 100% achievable. And it, we, may, we may disagree here. It cannot be done on your own. Cannot. Because this state of being in which you dream of, you have experienced it and seen it in other people's ways of life, whether it is in books or in real life. You have experienced it from others. Therefore, you must connect with others 
in a state of being and loving so that you can have it too. Absolutely. God. Ooh, thank you, brother. I mean, geez, we could talk about all of that for a long, long time, a lifetime. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful thing to be reminded that we're just human. That mistakes we make don't have to mean anything about us. It's just a moment in time that we get to grow from. To bring, what, uh, as you're saying, to bring love to that so that we can grow and glow even more, shine our light even more. What a beautiful message. Thank you so much, man. Uh, you're most welcome. You're most welcome, brother. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted? We've got a couple minutes. Is there anything else, anywhere else you want to go before we wrap up? I think um just want to go through one last state of gratitude that, you know, um, I feel extremely fortunate to sit here with you today. I feel extremely fortunate to be alive. I feel extremely fortunate to have um, the parents that I have had, the siblings that the parents that I have, the siblings that I have, the wife that I've had, all the past relationships that I have had, and the opportunity of you know going to the Olympics three times, representing my country, and to you know one story we didn't even go on. That's a whole story by itself. It's you know the tough experience of being born in Trinidad and Tobago, living, you know, endless years representing them, and all of a sudden switching countries to now be the head coach of Canada. Mm -hmm. um, wow. And being able to, you know, fall straight into that love and passion position. And I have so much gratitude and love for Canada and this, you know, what they have been doing for me and the way they have invited me into their country and into their world. That it's just, you know, I have to finish off on a full state of gratitude for everybody who's come along my journey. And every time you hear the word Andrew Lewis, um, I want to say I love you. That word alone must mean love. If you want to put a word towards Andrew Lewis, um, I want that to be love. So that any way I can be that, always let me know. Any of you all out there, let me know how I can be a better lover to this planet and its people and, its, and everything inside of it. So I just want to say, you know, thank you again for having me um, and for Darren and I, for Darren bringing us together. Um, and I, I love your work. I've been part of, of your work in a workshop before. I've also I've looked at your stuff and your, all you're doing. So you continue to understand that you play a very valuable part in this planet. Um, people like yourself who have um, given their lives to helping other people be champions in this uh, world, it is a phenomenally important role. And I encourage everybody out there, you know, to find um, your coach, find your mentors, connect with Alan, connect with Darren, connect with whoever it is you need to connect with because we are not designed to be associated with the word, which I can't believe we'll use this. And I'm going to redefine it a little bit. 
people think they can be a success story on their own. It does not exist. First of all, we must understand self means one and we were put on this planet by two. Each of us have a mother and a father. All thanks to the creator. If you want to be successful in this life, build a team around you, a team that loves you. It does not have to be family. It doesn't have to be friends. It doesn't have to be work. It can be anywhere and anyone. Build a team around you that is loving. And remember, the most authentic thing in this world starts with nature. Purity of something happening without us interfering with it. Let it be as real as possible with people who are trying to be as real as possible <laughs> in the highest state of being so that you can be as real as possible to minimize the struggles, the challenges that living on planet Earth comes with. Okay. I think in, uh, in closing there, I say, you know, God bless to everybody. And um, may you find everything that you need because I know in my spirit, it tells me it is there for everyone to have. It is all up to you to decide if you want to have it. Mm. Thank you for the beautiful message, for the acknowledgement, Andrew. Thank you for championing me, yourself, your team, your family, your community your fellow citizens of your country, the world, all humanity. Your purpose is so strong. The love you exude is deep and wise. You're such a gift to this planet. I'm so blessed by your presence today, by the insights I have from you. I've learned so much. Thank you so much for being here. What a wonderful thing today is. It is blessed, which is blessed. It is yeah. very blessed. Is there any place people can follow along with your journey that you'd like to share as you make your way towards the Olympics again, through any of the philanthropic service-oriented things that you are doing? Or would you like people to, to follow along with what your work? Um, truth be told, I have... Uh come away from a lot of the, the social media light and uh, the, the the sharing, I should say, hmm. uh, as I have put a lot more emphasis on other parts of my life, trying to amplify those because sharing takes a lot out of one. And I've just spent over you know 15 years doing that as I built a brand around myself as an athlete. But, you know, I think what I want to say to everybody is, first of all, if you have anything to say it to me please say it if you have anything to ask me please ask it i am on almost all platforms andrew lewis sailing on instagram andrew lewis on facebook andrew lewis sail on twitter i'm on almost all platforms you can find me andrew lewis sailing at gmail.com on email um so you could there's a lot on those platforms to see um as i go along my journey and if there's anything in particular, you know, you could always reach out to me one-on-one -on -one to try and find a time to connect, I should say. So 
I would say that, but just believe that in the future, um, there will be a lot more of a journey to follow as I find a little bit more of my way and decide how I'm going to share that journey to have the most effect on this planet. Beautiful. Awesome, man. Thank you for the generous uh, generosity of the direct connection to you. Uh, again, thank you so much. I can't wait to one day get one of those hugs from you and be uh, in person with you. That would be really wonderful to make happen. Amen. But in the meantime, all the best to you, man. I know God is in your corner. You're supported. There's nothing I think you can't accomplish. So all the best to you on your journey. I love you so much. And we'll speak again soon. I love you too, brother. Same to you. Many blessings. Take care. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening. I hope you've learned lots. If the video Andrew mentions sparks your interest and you'd like to view it, please reach out to me. If you'd like to give back, you can support the podcast by sharing it with a friend, leaving a review on iTunes, or by sending me a message about what you've learned. Also, please consider being part of my community by joining my email list, which you can find links to in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you. In closing, I leave you with the words of Jita Krishnamurti. There is no end to education. It is not that you read a book, pass an examination, and finish with education. The whole life, from the moment you are born to the moment you die, is a process of learning.